0: You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not by what we see, because, you know, we can see one thing and it don't look nothing like we think this thing should be. But that's part of us trusting God with our faith and not from our visual sight of what we're seeing. Welcome, family, to the Bacon Bits podcast, where we desire for you to take the bits of information and immediately apply them to your life for success. The ground rules for our podcast that it will always be encouraging, uplifting, and informative. The areas of life that we will be talking about on the Bacon Bits Podcast is dealing with having a balanced life. I need to hear you say it. Say valuable. Valuable information. Information. Applied. Applied. Equals success. Equals success. And that wonderful voice that you are hearing is the one and only Mahabanero Sugar diana costa bacon my love how are you
1: i'm good babe how are you
0: i am doing good
1: mm-hmm. you sure so are. we
0: are going to be jumping in on this podcast talking about trusting god when it doesn't make sense my god my god to trust god we must always view our circumstances through the eyes of faith and not of sense because I love telling people this and I think they sometimes think I'm insulting God but God doesn't make sense Okay, he's not logical he doesn't fit into our box he is not uh, what we want him to be we need for us to come on his page and discover who he is as the all encompassing one my love Mm -hmm. so too often our immediate response to challenges is to try to make sense of it in order to make it fit into the way we think about God. (laughs) So what do you think, love?
1: I think that's exactly what we do. I think it's human nature to want to fix things, want to find a solution. It's so hard to see our loved ones, our friends, our families, our neighbors, um, when they're in the midst of things and it's hard to stand by and not try to find a solution or not try to support them in finding a solution. And sometimes, um, it does, it's really difficult to just not do anything and just sit with them. I know, um, I can think of a, uh, of a gentleman. I don't personally know him as a friend, but his mother passed away, and he uh, is Jewish, and they're sitting Shiva right now for a month, and it, they just come for a full month. He sits at home, and people come and visit him, and mourn with him, and pray with him, and celebrate, and cry, and eat. Mm. And I think there's, a, there's so much beauty to be able to sit with someone and yeah. hold space um because holding space is so sacred but it's so hard to hold space when it doesn't make sense of why um marriages fail and why babies die and why rehab turned to relapse and it just is really hard to sit in that space with the loved ones who are left in the destruction of it all um with turkey and all the earthquakes and to try to make sense and the desperation of people trying to find um, any sign of life. Trying to find their children, trying to find their loved ones. Wow, like the solution is try to find them, but it's also hard to sit with that monstrositous weight of um, not knowing why this is happening, not understanding. In yeah. this crazy world we live in, there's so many things happening around the world right now that just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's the hardest part because, you know, we want with our logical minds and God made us phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He made us exceptional. But to sometimes try to figure out, you know, how to fix this very thing that we're going through, whether it's financial troubles or, you know, uh, relationship issues, whether it's, you know, health issues you know when you can do the best you can with what you got you know mentally uh, stuff is going on so much just the anxiety level in our country is never and I can't even say just in our country around the world has never mm-hmm. been as high as it is right now you know and that's why people are on all these medications and different things to try to uh, alleviate some of that worry and that uh, uh, not knowing this but sometimes we just have to sit in this thing called life and, and just take it for what it is. You know, dealing with life on life's terms. Instead of trying to fully, you know, uh, think of how God's supposed to act and what he's supposed to do, we're trying to trust him for who he says he is. He's he's gonna handle it, he's gonna do it and to leave it in his hands.
1: Yeah, and I think that you said it like in the world where there's so much anxiety and unknowing and stress and fear Choosing peace when life circumstances don't make sense. Choosing peace when uh, the doctor's report is terrible, when your loved one dies. Choosing peace when your marriage falls apart. Choosing peace when you've prayed and you've gone to counseling and you've done everything you know to do and you've committed to doing the right thing and yet your biggest fear still happens. The person, your loved one still passes. The divorce still happens. Your job is lost. Um, trying to make sense of all that is the best thing we can do at that point is just find peace find peace in the the midst of all of it and um, I think for me I know it's important that I can always find solace in God's word to comfort us um, to trust God rather than trying to fix it or change it or trying to make it make sense is impossible Um, some things will never make sense in our life But if we look back and remember how in the past we've gone through some things, you know. Mm -hmm. I've heard Mm -hmm. so many people say, uh, you don't know how, how tough you are until you have to be. You don't know how strong you are until there's no other option left. But yeah, bro, I am tired of being strong. I'm tired of trying. And I'm not the only one. A lot of people are living on fumes trying to maintain things that are falling apart yeah perhaps even their own life yeah
0: and that's i think that's the part of uh one of the many things i wish we would do more often is is pray about things first before we actually try to solve it or fix it or anything of that nature because we usually just get to our on our last uh last whim and then we'll say well you know i've done all i can do now it's time for me to pray and i'm like okay let's start off with that first Because if I could start off with that, that might alleviate some of the unnecessary uh, worry and bitterness and anger and all of those other things. Because uh, when God doesn't make sense, man, it's cool to just leave things in His hands and just let Him do His part, knowing that I've done everything I could possibly do. Because uh, you know, it's still a team effort. I always say that. You know, when you're working with God, it's always you know you got to do your part and He'll do His part. But I think that the big part of that is you know after we've done our part to to really let this thing go and be like, okay, God, whatever's gonna happen it's gonna happen and and that's that's a hard one.
1: but even after we've done all those things, mm-hmm. after we've prayed and after we've gone to counseling, sometimes the things still unravel and yeah. um I know that uh, just for myself, mm-hmm. I can only talk about my own personal stories right um dealing for a couple of years was just like really bad pain yeah i was doing it i was out there and i was doing a lot of ministry and um going um over the border to mexico and doing ministry with you know with orphans and people who are marginalized and i just i loved i loved what i was doing Mm -hmm. i i i was just um wiped out and yet the fumes were what all I needed to continue on the work, right? And we can never outwork need, right? right? The need is always Amen. greater than the work, always. and although our heart is, 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 goes before us, I know it goes before me and it gets me in trouble all the time. Um, but in the midst of all that pain, in the midst of it, I was going to the doctor and trying to find relief and trying to understand why I was in so much pain, and um. just just terrible headaches and then when we finally got the mri and uh same day you know pulling out of the parking lot saying you have a brain tumor you have come you have to come in and Mm -hmm. and i know you remember that day and driving home and i had to see the neurologist that late afternoon and i remember pulling out of the parking lot and them calling us and saying uh hey you have a brain tumor and you need to come in uh I said, okay, well, I have an appointment at 4.30, so we're just going to keep that appointment, and you and I going home, and that's one of those memories that just is like etched into, into my mind that I'll never forget is just laying there and just looking at each other and crying and laughing and praying and just not even knowing what to think, not even knowing what to do, like... Okay, well, we're gonna prepare. We're going to see this neurologist, right? We're gonna go. We're gonna go see our options. We're gonna go see what's happening, what what to do. But even after we've prayed, even after we've we've prayed and we've cried, and we went to the neurologist to find answers, before we haven't told anybody yet, right? We didn't even know what to think. We didn't even know how to begin to process this kind of information or what it really meant. Uh, and then, d- just to be told you're not leaving this office. And mm. they wheeled me right over to the hospital only to have surgery the very next morning at six in the morning. Yeah, so uh, the morning. I think it was maybe an eight hour turnover from seeing the doctor to having surgery and just not having processing time, not barely having time to call my loved ones, which I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, babe, like we can pray. We can yeah, go yeah. see counseling. We can, we can go see the specialist. We can we didn't have an option. Yeah. There wasn't options given to me. No. We need to crack your head open and take out what's in there that mm-hmm. l- doesn't belong in there. And it was just a matter of, uh, God, where where are you? Yeah. And what are you doing? Yeah. Right? What are you doing? And what do I do with this? Yeah. Like, what do I do with this?
0: I think that's the uniqueness of each and every one of our lives man is that you, there's no cookie cutter uh responses to when life happens to you you know like my wife was saying you know we was crying one minute laughing the next minute and it has just really uh broadened my uh take on life because you know when people come to me and they was like how are you supposed to respond to this i'm like what is you feeling just just feel it you know we ain't trying to figure it out right now but you know let those feelings come let them rush in let let whatever you feel and feel it and then we'll you know work through the other stuff later but for that moment you just you don't know what to feel you don't know what to think you don't know what to say you don't know what to do so uh, sometimes it's just not about uh this cookie cutter answer or you know let go and let god and just i'm like man it's it's more than that uh i think about a lot of the things that uh we go through in life and i just this is what uh helps me a lot with always trying to rush 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 go 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 do 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 is like you know the surgery themselves you know my baby surgery might have, have been like my nine or ten hour I surgery wish. and she had two of them but the healing process is still continuing five years later that's what a lot of people don't get is that the, the initial act of you know that thing happening to you you know just like a surgery you know they take out the cancer and that that's wonderful and beautiful and take out the tumor But the process after is going to be way longer than the actual procedure took. And that's what happens in life sometimes is that, you know, that very thing that happened to us, you know, that divorce, that laying off of the job, you know, uh, COVID for a lot of people, which has made their immune systems uh, comparable. Is that how you say it?
1: Compromised.
0: Compromised. Thank you, honey. Uh, You know, sometimes, you know, now, now what's the after effects? How do I suppose to handle this after this thing has happened? So some things that happen in life, you know, It can happen to you and it just affects that day or that moment. But some things that happen to you in life one time can affect your whole life. So that's where we have to come in and constantly, you know, be praying, constantly be in communion and fellowship with our brothers and sisters and and, you know, diving into God's word and just, you know, trying to figure out if we can something about this. But some of your situations and it's honestly so unique that there is no uh, answer to that. So that's where you have to ask, you know, okay, God, I need you to, you know, uh, reveal to me something about this situation because there is no scripture for this. There's no uh, There's no. Uh, somebody going through this specific situation the way I'm going through it right now. There's no answers to it. So that's where you have to just trust God, you know, just lean on our faith and not, you know, not on our brain and our logic.
1: You know, in Ecclesiastes it says, Accept the way God does things, chapter 7. And boy, um, sometimes we want to kick and scream. And (laughs) that might look like uh, the process of acceptance, kicking and screaming. I might not like it. I might not have an option. Either way, do I accept it? Um, Some things in life don't give us a choice. Life happens, right? And it takes our breath away. Yeah. And it takes um, the life that we envisioned, the life that we dreamed away, and that's hard mm-hmm. but even um we have to realize even when hard times strike, both come from god, yeah, and that's that's hard it's mm-hmm. hard to to stomach that it's hard to stomach that you know again, we're still in Ecclesiastes seven it says. I've seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of a good good young people and the long life of wicked people. Yeah. That's hard to mm-hmm. deal with. That's hard to see. Uh, I think it's hard for anybody to, to wrestle with their understanding of why God is doing the things he does and who and how he chooses whom he heals and whom he doesn't.
0: Yeah. And it's also understanding that, you know, and it's not for everybody. But I know some things. You know, we do bring on ourselves. Let's just be honest with you. uh And then there's something, like I said, we just can't explain it, man. I mean, you people living good lives, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and being such a blessing to those around them. And then something just happens, you know. And you just have to. I mean, I always love leaning into scripture myself, not trying to figure it out, but just you know, reading the scripture and say, you know what? Well, let me just roll with the scripture, because one of my one of my favorite scriptures is. Uh, psalms 115 verse 3 and it says our god is in heaven and he does as he wishes so that's where it has to be like okay lord this is what you wish this is what you desire i can't figure it out i can't understand it but i know you know it's gonna work out you know and i know you're gonna get the glory for this but man i just can't figure this out right now and we have you know that's where our faith is is our faith you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god not by what we see. Because, you know, we can see one thing and it don't look nothing like we think this thing should be. But that's part of us trusting God with our faith and not from our visual side of what we're seeing. Because it will not make no sense.
1: I think in the dark times, I remember coming out of the second surgery. I don't. That was the hardest one. That was a hard one. Mm-hmm. And I remember it just being really dark. I remember in my mind I couldn't, like, envision anything. Like, I couldn't. I, re- I, reme- I remember being really angry because I couldn't communicate the way I always have. Yeah. And I remember wanting to punch the bed. <laughs> I clearly remember this. And I think about it every night when I go to sleep. And I didn't have the strength to lift my hand up to punch the bed. i remember being so angry about the fact that i couldn't punch the bed because i was mad Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was mad and i was angry and i was and i was hurting and i thought i was calling your name and asking for help and nobody heard me Mm -hmm. because i couldn't eke out a sound and I just felt abandoned yeah i just didn't understand Why I couldn't get a sound out of my mouth? I couldn't, like, I'm like, and my dad—do they not see me? Can mm. they not tell that I'm? I need help. And I remember people yelling at me to breathe. And the only thing that got me through—I uh, remember before mm. going under surgery, I yeah. creating a playlist of worship I music. Mm-hmm and I still have that set of worship music and there were certain songs it was uh, I can't remember her last name it's something Rita Rita Springer maybe and it was that song Defender uh, when I thought I lost me you knew where I left me yeah. and you reintroduced me to your love and I just I remember I remembered that part I remember looking at you and I remember before surgery i remember asking you i don't care i don't know what it's gonna look like i don't know what it's gonna look like when i wake up i don't know if i'm gonna wake up but when i come out i just need you to hit play yeah and i remember in that process of me what i thought was trying to respond uh i don't know if i said words or if i just looked at you enough for you to understand i need you Mm -hmm. to hit play yeah and that's what i needed i needed uh to express I, need to let, I I felt like I needed my heart to breathe and i couldn 't figure out how to do it, but i didn 't know what God was doing in my life at that mm-hmm. moment, right um, but i do I do remember knowing like having this knowing in me that he 's in there, yeah, like his word is in me like i couldn 't access. I couldn't access words, I couldn't access scripture, I couldn't access the ability to lift my hand. But knowing, knowing with all my knowing, it was in there and I had to trust. I had to trust that there was some purpose to this. I had to trust in the little bit of faith I had that, God, you haven't abandoned me, you're here you're here and you're closer than the skin of my bones i had to i had to redirect my thinking Mm -hmm. to say you are closer than the very tongue in my mouth i know that but i don't know how to access the words to say those things so it's just about redirecting our thoughts in the midst of what has been my darkest hour in my life and saying you brought me through the first one you're gonna bring me through the second one yeah you're gonna I'm gonna come through and if I don't oh I begged that I don't because I was in so much pain I couldn't even imagine having to live like this Mm -hmm. but I had to trust in the knowing that I had enough in me I had to. Yeah. Because I had nothing else to hold on to.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it was it was used for me because it, you know, for some people it might have felt like I was being insensitive or uh, didn't care, but I just had to just like God, you got to do this, man. Because this is the beauty of when individuals go through what they go through. People don't get this, man. So when people are having surgery. You got to understand, I don't give a care how much you love the person. You can't go into the operating room with them. Only the specialist can be in there, in that operating room. <sighs> with the individual that you love. <laughs> and you got to trust that when God goes into that operating room, because there's places that you can't go with your loved ones they got to go by themselves there's nothing you can do the specialist has to do this and that's the same thing i say about god man there's places that he goes into people's hearts and operates and does what he does that you have no control over and as much as you want to help that person all you're going to be doing is getting in the way and so that's those times where you have to pull back and be like god you got to do this because there's nothing i can do i mean i can't as much as i love my baby i want to take the tumor out i don't know what the hell i'm doing if i try to take her tumor i'll make the situation worse and that's part of like us our love us loved ones when we loving on people you know you want them to get going to rehab man and get that get the help that they need so they can get off these drugs and this alcohol and all that but it always boils down to this you can't want the recovery more than they can you gotta let them let them go through this and be like okay god i'm trusting you that you're gonna help them get through this because i there is absolutely nothing i can do and i'm coming to terms with that and i'm cool with that but that don't mean i i i hurt less that don't mean that i ain't trying to uh you know say something or do something but i want to make sure lord let me get out the way and let you do what you do best and i can't figure it out i can't understand it I have no knowledge of what this is going to all be about. But, Lord, I know in the end you're going to see us through. And he has. But it's been a road, boy.
1: You know, I remember, I remember after that whole experience. And uh, I remember going like two months later now in the hospital still. And I had to do PT. And... God bless all the physical therapists and occupational therapists, but y'all were trying to kill me because, <laughs> boy, I remember my best friend Naomi was with me that time. She uh, lives in Washington, and she had flown in when she found out that I was in the hospital. And I still, because my tumor was on my cerebellum and in my brainstem, it's a no doubt a miracle I'm even alive. Yeah. And, uh, I'm able to talk and, um, but they were pushing me down. I remember it was, she, she took me, uh, they took me down to PT and she was with me and she was yelling. was like, get off her. Stop pushing her around. Why are you being so mean? And she was, she had to walk out of the room because she was hysterically crying because I was hysterically crying because they kept pushing me and they kept pushing me down and pushing me down. And I kept falling because I couldn't sit up. I mm-hmm. couldn't even sit up. I was in a wheelchair and I, I couldn't stand on my own and they would push me. As soon as I got up, they would push me. And I, kept, I, kept, I remember her yelling, let her get up. Let her try. Give her some, give her some more time. And they're like, we have to teach her yeah, how to fall. How to fall. <clears throat> we have to prepare her how to fall so she can learn how to get back up. And that's what life is going to do. It's not going to give you a break. Sometimes, yeah. uh, from one brain surgery to the second brain surgery, I had exactly one week. I didn't have time to to get up. I, yeah. I hadn't gone up yet, and I got kicked right back down. And sometimes it's going to feel like when you're down, and life kicks you in the throat. And then when you you're halfway up, and life takes your legs from out mm-hmm. under you, and I just have to believe that. Um that's kind of how god is right like life's gonna beat us up life is gonna b- leave us bruised and mm-hmm. beaten and hurt but we will get up yeah we will get up and i'm sick and tired of falling and i'm sick and tired of getting back up but when babies do it, we celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's right. We celebrate a we baby sure when do. they fall, they get back up, and we're like, "Great job, baby! Look mm-hmm. at you learning how to walk." They don't say, "I give up, I quit, I'm done, I'm never doing, I'm never doing yeah. this walking thing again." They just get back up and they grab whatever they can, and that's exactly what I, I still, yeah. still five years later, still do. I grab whatever's around me and I hold on and I, and I make it. And some days are a little bit easier than other days, and. uh how do you trust God in the midst when it doesn't make sense is remembering how you made it through that last thing that you thought would take you out for sure. Yeah. Uh, man, this one was going to take me out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't die that day but a big part of me did. And I just have to trust that that part of me that died was that the runner the chaser the doer of all things the shower up of all places and nothing has changed i st- i still desire to show up and do mm. all those things yes, you do. and it gets me in trouble but i physically no longer can mm. and i think uh it didn't happen to me but it happened for me yeah because now uh my pace of life is slower mhm and I'm learning how to take my days one moment at a time. Yeah. That's okay.
0: Amen. That's Amen.
1: okay. It's hard to tell a person who was doing ten miles a day and running and jogging right. and hiking and everything and swimming and like I miss all of I miss my life. And uh it, it's okay to grieve the life you thought you'd have. and be grateful at the same time you can you can do both they're not mutually exclusive you can't you can have both Mm -hmm. and i think people assume that if i'm grieving i am not grateful for my life and i should be grateful that i'm alive and a lot of people will say a lot of stupid things because they're not listening and they're thinking they're saying and meaning well but i'm asking everyone to be a little kinder in the way that you talk to people who are disabled or who are in the hospital or who are hurt um exclude the word just just exclude it from your dictionary and i say well at least it, it you know uh or at least that's the word not just at least at least it wasn't worse or at least this um there's a lot of things we can do to support one another
0: because yeah. it goes back to <coughs> scripture that jumps jumped in my head was the proverbs three five and six To trust in the lord with all your heart i do never want to fly over the scriptures he said your heart not your head because we be trying to figure it out uh lean not on your own understanding Cause we show trying to understand it, man. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. So those times where you feel like you pissed off, you mad, you want to cuss and fuss, argue and shout, and He said, acknowledge Him in all my ways. People always think it's got to be good. It's got to be no. I be having moments. I've had moments before where I've snapped on the Lord, acted a fool, and came back. Cause I was like, Lord, I know you ain't. You, this is you're such an awesome guy, good guy, and I know you gonna help me get through this. But this is how I feel at the moment. And he said, son, you acknowledging me during all that. You're going through what you're going through. And then he said, he will make your path straight. Yeah, he'll he gonna make it straight because I can't because I don't know what I'm doing right now. I have no clue. And I got to just let him be him. And that's when we know where our faith, the, the rubber hits the road. And we know just like, Lord, let me just lean on you, man, because I I'm tired of trying to figure it out. I'm trying to trying to hurt my head, trying to piece this thing together and just let you be you. Just let you be you. And something my baby said that stuck out is when she said, you know, the people were training her how to fall. And I was thinking about that with parents, with their, you know, their teenagers, you know, guess what? We want them to fall within the confines and safety of this home so we can try to figure out and help you understand something and help you, you know, draw closer to God from the experiences that you're going through. But it's just we just can't figure it out, man. And don't be, you know, beat yourself up because you can't figure it out. It's up to us to say, you know what, what we do know about God. Let's follow that pathway. What we don't just let him be him.
1: So, when the moments are dark and the pain is unbearable, and when peace seems impossible, that's when we have to trust. That's when we have to hold on and just look over all the other ways that you've made it through, the ways that the times that we didn't think we'd make it. Mm hmm.
0: Think about all the times and I'm just going to say for me the 55 years I've been living in 34 years where I've acknowledged God. If he can let me make it to this point where there were some times in my situation in my life, I just thought I wasn't going to make it. And I'm still here. That means there's still so much for me to learn. And there's still if he can get me through those other times, he's built a track record. He can do it Again. But I've got to lean on those times when I just... God, it's you. Because I don't know how to do this. Amen.
1: You have to just trust. Yeah. Trust God. In those moments where I didn't speak to nobody. I just didn't have the ability to... Um, I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to access... The things that I, I needed, I felt I needed, right? I had to trust and lean on the fact that I didn't have the ability to do certain things yeah. uh, the stuff that I always just did on my own, like breathing and walking I didn't think about right leg walk forward, left leg stand back yeah, I didn't on. think about uh, breathe, lungs expand I did d- blink like swallow your your drool like these these are things i never thought about but i i had to like think about what i was doing like it took brain power and even now when i'm too tired one of them will decide to just be like okay you've done enough so uh we're just not going to swallow your drool for for a (coughs) while until you remember to sit down somewhere we're just not going to be able to walk for a while because your leg is your, your your muscles are using too much brain power if you're talking at the same time so it's just a matter of I have to trust that God gave me new boundaries in my life and this is not what I picked this is not the life I dreamed this is not the vision I had for our marriage this is not the vision I had for my (coughs) later years but Mm -hmm. in the process recognizing our new boundaries identifying our new boundaries and learning to accept our new boundaries is also accepting yourself and your own abilities or disabilities, whatever that means for people. You know, we live in a, in a world where there's a lot of people, whether it be on the spectrum, whether it be with physical disabilities, mental disabilities, anxiety, I mean, you name it. There's so many ways that part of our quality of life is dependent on our ability to accept the way we are now. Maybe we weren't that way, but this is our life now. And how can we move forward in that is just remembering that God got us through the other hundreds of thousands of times that we weren't quite sure how to figure it out. And we made it through.
0: It's such a blessing just knowing that when we leave it in his hands, that's all we can do. And i just wanted to the end the episode with this man because this is such a great prayer that uh the serenity prayer that i have a chance to hear almost every day of my life which is god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things that i can and the wisdom to know the difference guys we serve such an awesome god and i'm just so grateful that you guys were able to hear this episode the tender hearts of me and my baby and understand that guess what there will be times that life just don't make no sense and we can't understand god but we just have to let him be god this is your boy john bacon with another segment of bacon bits god bless all right what's up family it's your boy john bacon from the bacon bits podcast thank you so much for your support likes and ratings please don't just listen but rate me follow me and subscribe This is an amazing way to offer free support. My beautiful queen and I have some books that we have written for your growth.
1: So the first book we have is a workbook, actually. It's called Healthy Relationships, and this is a workbook through the lens of faith because what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy so this workbook is designed is a 12 week it's biblically grounded course and every week has a a few different principles so some of our principles some of our topics that we're covering are respect uh, cultivating security and this is not just between a husband and wife this is between parents, between siblings, between friends, between your bosses, employers. So it's really important and everyone deserves a healthy relationship. And
0: also we have The Balanced Life by John Bacon. It covers how to be prosperous in your finances, relationships, your health, your mind, and your spirit. So you can pick that up on Amazon, also on audiobook. And we also have...
1: The Unraveling, a creative healing journal, pinings, poems, prayers, and ponderings of my precarious life. Um, I've had a testimony of, uh, I've had two brain tumors and two brain surgeries, and I'm super grateful, but I'm still grieving the process of healing. And this is part of the process. In this book, you have devotionals, you have prayers, and you have some ponderings. And in between these pages, there's a space for you to also be prompted to paint and to create uh, your own. Or maybe you want to write something in these books. This is part of your creative healing journal that we get to walk through together.
0: And you guys can just head over to Kingdom Servants first. Kingdom Servants, the number one, ST.com. And you can purchase all three of these books. Thank you for your support, your love, and your contributions. God bless.